Thanks for checking out this message from the City on a Hill Summit. For more content and ways to connect visit www.coah.co.za summit. Oh, our friends, it's such an amazing privilege and an honor to be able to speak to you at the City on Hill Summit. Thank you, Gareth and Ains and the whole eldership team and the deacons. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for the privilege and the honor for me to be able to share with you. I've, I count it a privilege. I'm so sad that I didn't appreciate it more when I was with you, but I do, from our side and our hearts, we do uh, feel so privileged and so honored to be able to be connected with City on Hill and uh, we long to be with you. We long to be in your, in, with you. And, and even, even this summit, I feel like it's such a significant moment. And so for us, it, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to be together. And today, I, I feel so expectant to share God's word with you. And uh, I really, my heart leaps when I just think about what Jesus is about to do and what he's busy doing with you. And when I hear some of the, the feedback and when I hear some of the reports, I'm just overjoyed at the blessing of what God is doing uh, in your midst, and I long to be with you right now. Um, I really felt like I, while I was praying for this time, I saw this 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 picture of many many people standing on a precipice, like almost like a a, a, a verge of taking a leap. I saw many of you on the shoreline um, of of a, a, a key beach, and it was like God is saying, actually, I'm calling you to the other side. I'm calling you to walk on water. And Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, "Let us go to the other side," and uh, and it's literally there was this calling. Of, of Christ to embrace something of the unknown, something of, of, of the more that he has for us. And I, I really have the sense that there's a lot of limitations and I want you, want you to embrace uh, my limitless love. I'm, 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 calling, I'm calling you literally out, out of earthiness, out of temporiness, and I'm calling you into the heavenly eternal reality. And um, I know that many of you have embraced this and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir and, and you live this, but I just, I believe that God's saying there's even more. For you, and I want to show you a quick video clip. I went uh, skiing two weeks ago with John Mark. Now, every single one of our children, they get a, they get an opportunity to do something when they're 15. So Joshua had the opportunity to go to Legoland when he was 15. Almanay got the opportunity to bungee jump when she was 15, and John Mark said he'd like to go ski. So we live about two hours from a ski resort. It was one of the privileges of living in North Carolina. There's a ski resort about two hours from us. And John Mark and I went out for the day to snowboard. Now, I was shocking. We, went, we paid for lessons because you need to learn how to do this. It's very scary and difficult. But um, John Mark just picked it up like this. And, and what I'm going to show you right now, I was not able to do. I fell twice on the ski slope, and I ended up deciding I'll try again next time. But I want to quickly show you just what it looks like when you just believe, when you're just able to step out in faith, and when you embrace something of the of 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 impossibility, let's watch this together. See, friends, even though that leap was too big for me to take, John Mark literally took it, and he, he did it four times during the day. It was, it was absolutely amazing just to see him. And I think we were both kind of like surprised after the first time that he actually got it right, because <laughs> he was expecting, because a lot of people fall down there. I fell a few times. And I've learned this. I've learned that sometimes, and I went to go and speak to this instructor. I said, what's, 
what's the secret? And he said, here's the secret. He says, if you put your weight on your front foot and you put your weight on your front foot, it literally means that you get the balance. But, the, but what most of us do, and this is what I do, is I go back on the back foot. Why? Because I'm, I'm trying to, and he says, when you put your weight on the back foot, that's when you lose balance and that's when you fall. See, when we put our foot on, when we, when we, when we kind of live life on the back foot, when we live life in doubt and in fear and apprehension, it's, that's when we lose balance and that's when we, that's when we fall. But when we put our, our weight on the front foot, we put our weight on Jesus, the call of God, and we say, God, you called us out, that's when everything changes. In 2014, one of the toughest years of my life, I remember being at, at New Covenant Church, Bryanston, at a national elders with the NCMI team, and Peter Rasmussen came to me. They sang this song. Remember when that song came out, Oceans, you call me out upon the water? And uh, I remember weeping in the worship, just saying, God, I feel desperate. I feel like I'm, there's not enough of me. Lord, we, we were in debt. Uh, my, my salary wasn't coming in. We, City on Hills, the, 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 the building fund was failing. We, we, were, we were pioneering Potsdam, and it wasn't easy. It was very, very difficult at that point in time. Um, and Peter Rasmussen came and he prophesied over me. He said, Mark, I felt like the Lord told me to come to you and say that the blossoms are on the tree and you're about to go into a fruitful season and you just need to persevere. You're going into a fruitful season. I can see that the winter has shifted. Springtime has come. You're going into a fruitful season. I was like, yes, Jesus, I'm so happy. And friends, it, got, it went from bad to worse after that, that prophetic word. It just felt like the next six months was even harder. And I said, Lord, you promised me fruitfulness. And then God, honestly, friends, everything shifted. It was like I needed to be stripped off. Sometimes with those blossoms, there's some pressing through there. There's, some pre there's, a, there's a bit of a season that you go through. And then I stepped into this fruitful harvest season. And you all know what happened in 2015. City on a Hill changed in 2015. Our lives changed. We went from, from not seeing many baptisms to baptizing more than 100, 100 people that year. We, we, we literally led close to 300 people to Jesus that committed their lives to Christ. We started, we, we started seeing just pots growing. They were doing so well. We were, we were growing. And, and, and we, were, we were bursting out the seams. We just saw lots and lots and lots of people. We, 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 we saw literally, uh, I think, five times as many people served that, we, that year than what we ever saw before. Our, our dying building fund that was, that was like not working was resurrected. God resurrected our building fund. And, and we started building again. And so these supernatural miracles took place. And, we, and like, like I said, we were completely desperate the year before. And then God broke through. And I want to say this to you today is that I believe that if I did not stay faithful to the call of God in 2014, when it was bad, and then it got worse, if I did not stay faithful to the call of God, I would have missed out on the fruitfulness. I, I, I want to say this to you that when God calls you, it's going to be, be difficult. We all know, I've spoken about Hudson Taylor so many times. When God calls you to do something great, it's first going to be impossible. Then it's going to be difficult. And then it's going to be done. That's Hudson Taylor. And I'm so thankful that I did not let go of the call of God. I'm so thankful that I held on to the call of God. Even while sitting on my kitchen floor, I held on to the call of God. Even when I felt like I wanted to run away, I held on to the call of God. I'm here to say to you, friends, when it gets tough, what do you have? Who, who do you hold on to? Will you hold on to the call of God? Can you say to the person next to you, you are called. And I know that you, you love doing this <laughs> to say, tell someone next to you, uh, you are called. And this is so important because we need to be reminded of the call of God. What keeps us going is the call of God. What keeps us focused is the call of God. What keeps us persevering is the call 
of God. I'm here to study right through the scriptures, right through the Old Testament and the New Testament. You see men and women of God that, that, that persevered, men and women of God that embraced the fruitfulness, men and women of God that walked on water, that did the impossible, that saw God do awesome things with them. They, these men and women were ordinary people like you and me, full of failures and full of flaws. These normal human beings experienced the call of God, they held on to the call of God, and they pressed in through the call of God. Samuel heard the call of God, and I'm here to say to you, if you're a young person, and, and, and in a sense you feel like you're not old enough yet, and maybe, maybe you're saying, but Mark, I'm still too young in order to embrace the call of God. Samuel was a young man, too young. He was literally almost not even listened to. He was, he, he was a young person, and he heard the call of God. Three times God called him. And, and he became a significant voice, a prophetic voice. The Bible says not one of his words fell to the ground. He was a powerful prophetic voice in his generation. Young people, I'm here to say to you, I want to prophesy. God is calling you out in Jesus' name. Why? Because I believe that God, God calls us no matter what our age is. And I, I'm here to say some Samuels that are listening to me right now, young ladies and young men. You, I don't care, what, you might even be in your 20s. I'm here to say to you, or your teens, I'm here to say to you that God's calling you out. Then there might be some Moseses. Moses, remember what happened with Moses. Moses had a failed calling. He, 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 was, he was living at large till the age of 40. And then he makes a big mistake, takes, takes literally the purposes of God in his own hands and literally becomes a murderer. And then Moses lives in obscurity. He lives kind of like isolated for the next 40 years of his life. And he's, and he's a farmer. He's living out in the field. He's got almost no influence over people. He's, he's tending sheep. Not only is even his own sheep, his father-in-law's sheep. But even though he was 80 years old, God was calling him out. I'm here to say to you that maybe you're a little bit older. You might not be 80 yet, but maybe you're a little bit older. And you kind of feel like, hey man, I've had my run. I've made some mistakes and I've had a good run. And I'm now just kind of cruising along. I'm here to say to you, God's not done with you. God's calling you out and may you over this summit have a burning bush experience. Where God will just speak to you. God will draw you into his plans and purposes. And God will breathe life into you. And God, by His Spirit, will just minister to you right now in Jesus' name. I want to talk to some Priscilla's and Aquilas. Priscilla and Aquila were amazing business people. They were business people. They were not, they were not apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. They, they, they were business people. And I want to talk to some business people that are watching right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking you right now, business person, business lady, businessman, you might be a professional, you might be in a career, you might be running your own business. I'm here to say to you that God called Aquila and Priscilla and used them powerfully. Even though they never full-time went into ministry, their business opened doors for the gospel. Their home was a place for the gospel. They partnered with the apostolic. Business people, we need you. And God is calling you out. He's calling you out of your smallness. He's calling you out of just, just buying the next kind of investment or the next, the next boat or whatever you want to buy. I, I enjoy your things, but I'm here to say God's got more for you business people. He's calling you out. I also want to talk to some stubborn people. People like me sometimes, I can get stubborn. Jo Jonah. Jonah was being called out. He was, he was wanting to go to Tarshish, go, go to a place of convenience, a place where everything kind of is just kind of like easy. And I'm here to say to you, friends, please don't be like Jonah and, and just go the easy route. Many people are just leaving South Africa right now or they're semigrating. And I'm not against If God speaks, do it because I, I had to do it. And, and I still, I actually long for South Africa. I really miss South Africa a lot. But I'm here to say to you that Jonah was called by God even though he was stubborn. And if you've been stubborn over the last few months or years, 
I've got awesome news for you that God's not done with you, ma'am or sir. If you're stubborn, it's time to bring your heart to Jesus and say, God, I want to have, I want to have a come to Jesus moment. I want to humble myself and respond to your calling. Friends, I believe that the calling, call of God is the atmosphere of the people of God. God wants you and me to live in an atmosphere of calling. God wants you and me to go to work in an atmosphere of calling. God wants you and me to have lunch with our family in an atmosphere of calling. Understand that I'm called to my family. I'm called to this church. If you're in, involved at City, City on the Hill or you're involved in Potch Clark Supreme, maybe in another church, or maybe you're leading a church, or maybe you're on staff at church. I'm here to say to you, or maybe you just, maybe you, you say, I've got a few friends that, uh, that I'm ministering to. Could you live in an atmosphere of calling? Could you go to the coffee shop? Could you go to coffee shops and, and the grocery store in an atmosphere of calling? Understanding that you're called even to the city that you're living in right now. We, have, we need to live in an atmosphere of the call of God. Eric Little, the, 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 the famous, famous uh, runner that, 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 that was actually, he ended up becoming a missionary to China. But Eric Little speaks, about, speaks so powerfully about the fact that when he runs, just normal running, being an athlete, he was in, this, uh, uh, in chariots of fire. He says, when I run, he says, I feel the pleasure of God when I run. I feel the pleasure of God when I run. Could, could we say, when, when I drive to a client, I feel the pleasure of God? Could we say that when I'm, when I'm signing a deal, I feel the pleasure of God? Could we say that when I teach those children at school, I feel the pleasure of God? Could we say that when I pray with my children, or could we say that when I pray with my husband or with my wife, I feel the pleasure of God? For us being in the United States, friends, if it was not for the call of God, I, I would be back right now with you. If it wasn't for the call of God, I've, we would rather be with our family, with our friends, and, and uh, City on Hill, the, the church that we love. That, that, would be, that would be our preference. And I know that load shedding is hard, and I know that you've been battling with water and with political unrest, but I'm here to say to you, I would take all of that with revival rather than have, have, have none of that and not have revival. Friends, we are in a space right now where, where, where it's, not as li it's not as free as what you have it. It's, we don't see as many people get saved as what you see. We don't see as many people hungry as what you see. And I'm telling you, friends, I'd rather go without electricity and have the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit than have electricity and have none of that. And I want to ask you to pray for me, but I'm here to say to you that, that, that I would be back with you right now if it wasn't for the call of God. About two weeks ago, I was sitting with Jesus and I said, Jesus, I miss City on Hill so much. I miss, miss my people and just they understand and it feels like I, I've got culture shock in the US. And, I, and God said to me, I've called you here and I know that I know that I know that I know that God's called us to be here. And because God's called us, it makes it worth it. Because God's called us, even if I'm in a place that I'm unknown, even if I'm in a place that I'm not trusted, even if I'm in a place where I'm not celebrated, even if I'm in a place where I'm seeing less fruit, I'm experiencing less freedom, I'm being completely, I'm completely out of my comfort zone, even in that space, because of the call of God, because I've been called out, because I've heard His voice, because I know that I know I'm in His will, like Corrie ten Boom says, the safest place for you and me to be is in the will of God. Because I'm in His will, I know I'm supposed to be here. It sets me free. What keeps me here is the call of God. What will keep you in that marriage that you're in right now? 
It's the call of God that keeps us, my friends. God has called us, and that's why we need to show up. What keeps you? What keeps you from? Inv- uh, 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 what keeps you as you investing in your children? The call of God will keep you. What what will keep you? What will keep you in the church that you're in right now? What keeps us in a local church? It's not the music or the preaching or the so-and-so remembered my birthday or, gee, I really like the kids' ministry. That's not what keeps us in a local church. The call of God keeps us in a local church. What keeps, keeps you, what holds you, what, what strengthens you to, to persevere while you're teaching at school? Ben and others, it's the call of God. Praying with your kids every day, it's the call of God. That's what's going to keep you. Because I'm telling you, the fuzzy feelings wear off quickly. And then when they all wear off, we need conviction in our spirit to say, Lord, you've called me to be married to this person. Lord, you've called me to raise these kids in the way of the Lord. Lord, you've called me to work at this company, and I'm going to be here because you've called me. I need to live in an atmosphere of calling. I'll never forget the first City on Hill Summit we did. It was, it was in COVID, and so we did it via video. And um, we had Nigel Day-Lewis speak, and he, and he spoke about this. He, said, he, he spoke about Job, and he asked the question, will a man serve God for nothing? Will a man serve God for nothing? Will a man serve God? Will a man obey God? Will a man do God's call, will and, and live in the call of God if he gets nothing in return? If he gets nothing physically in return, the only thing in return he gets is he gets to glorify and obey his God and eternally give to his God. Will will we obey God and get nothing in return? Will we love others and and love our neighbors and and, and love our cities and, and love the nations of the world and get nothing in return? Will we serve on Sundays or serve and have people in our homes and get nothing in return? Will we pray? Will we give? And will we go without a physical reward? Will you do that? Will, it, will, will you serve God and get nothing physically in return? I know it's impossible because God is just so faithful and so kind and he looks after us. And I know he's been providing even for us. He's providing for you. I know God is gracious and kind. The, the, the crucified Christ and we know the resurrected Christ. When we encounter him, the call of God changes us. That's what happened to John. In John chapter one, he says, when I saw him with fire in his eyes, when I saw him, I fell as one dead, glorified. When he came to me, I fell as one dead. I was overwhelmed by his glory. And that's what Count von Zinsendorf experienced. He experienced, and he he fell on his knees in this art gallery, and he committed his life to Christ, and he started a movement called the Moravian Movement. And the Moravians were known as those that sacrificed to live out the call of God. And the only way that they could get to some of those, the islands where they would go and minister was they wanted to preach the gospel to the slaves. And the only way that they could preach the gospel to the slaves was they would sell themselves into slavery and tie themselves to slaves so that they can tell the gospel to slaves. They would tie themselves to another slave because that's what they would do. They would row the boats. They would be working with the slaves and they would sell themselves into slavery in order to preach the gospel to slaves. They, 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 what, it was well known that when they, were, when they were getting on the ships in order to leave their family and their friends behind, in order to respond to the call of God, what, was, what, would, would, what they would shout from the ships when the ships were leaving their family, knowing they'll never see their family again, knowing they'll never see their friends again, knowing they'll never be able to live in their villages or their towns or their homes again. They would shout to one another, 
May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. That's the call of God. The benefit and the reward is not what you and I get in this life, friends. The benefit and the reward of living in the call of God is that the lamb who was slain will receive the reward for his suffering. The reward for the, what he suffered for us. We are living our lives for the call of God because we called out for his grace and for his glory. May the lamb who was slain for your life and my life, friends, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering. When you and I live out the call of God, when you go to work on Monday, when you're serving on Sunday, when you're giving faithfully, when you're praying, those powerful prayers on the 24-hour prayer meetings and when we come together at City Lights Off Town, when you pray, may it not be for physical reward. Yes, God will always reward, but may it be for the lamb who was slain. May he receive the reward for his suffering. Because as they went to those places to preach the gospel, those men and women would get radically born again and Jesus would receive the reward for his suffering. I want to ask you, will you live out the call of God? And so I want to give you five, five practical things that will help you and me to live out the call of God. Five things that will help us every single, every single day, every single week of our lives. We can, we can prioritize these five things that's going to help us to live out the call of God. The first thing that I've learned about living out the call of God, of being called out, the first thing you and I need to learn how to do is we need to learn and grow in hearing God's voice. And you all know that I've taught this many times, but the voice of God is in the presence of God. And the presence of God is found in the worship of God. And so when we worship God, we experience his presence. When we, when we experience his presence, we hear his voice. But what I love about David, David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man that lived out in the call of God. David was a man that lived in the call of God and he lived in the will of God. He was, he was one of the greatest kings that has ever lived. And, and through his, his offspring, Christ Jesus was ushered into the earth. So David had a lifestyle of hearing God's voice, hearing God. And Peter Rasmussen, Dudley Daniel, Tyron Daniel, Bruce McAlpine, many of these amazing mentors in my life, people that have spoken into my life, all of them have said to me, Mark, you've got to hear God. What is God saying to you? The only reason why we are in America and why we are experiencing even some of the blessing that we're experiencing is because I believe that we've heard God. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 4 we read about how David literally is engaging in this, in this battle. And the first time he engages in the battle, God gives him this kind of uh, direction. And the second time he engages with the battle, he doesn't just follow what worked the last time. He inquires from God again. David had a lifestyle of hearing from God. In 1 Samuel 30, we see how when he was at his lowest, he, he, he said, get me an ephod, I want to hear God. Whenever David made big decisions, he heard God. It says in verse of, of 1 Samuel 23. Once again, David inquired of the Lord. Can you say once again? I'm, I'm wanting to ask you, friends, is that when you are buying a car, when you're buying a house, when you send your kids to a school, or when you choose a degree that you want to study, or when you choose a marriage partner, or when you choose to, 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 to go and minister to so someone, or when you choose to pray for someone, could you ask God to speak to you? Could you say, Lord, I want to hear you? It says, and the Lord answered him. I love the fact that he said, when you, God says, when you seek him, you will find him and he will answer us. He says, go down to Kayla, for I'm going to give the Philistines into your hands. Listen, friends, God speaks to him when he inquires of God. And God gives him strategy when he inquires of God. 
And James, we read about how James says, many people these days just say, well, we're going to go to such and such a place, and then we're going to go and stay there for a year. We're going to do some business, and then we're going to come back. And then he says, how do you even know what tomorrow holds? Instead, you should be saying, if the Lord wills, then we'll do. Friends, we can't just be like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. What's the Lord's will? Can we inquire of God? Do you hear the voice of God? Because faith comes by hearing. It takes it takes faith to walk out the call of God. And if you haven't heard God, you're not going to have faith because faith comes by hearing God. And so when we hear God, and we, one of the best ways for me to hear God is we've got scriptures. Marie got a scripture. And when we, when we decided we're coming to the, America, I said, Lord, give us scripture. I got Acts 16. God clarified it for me. Marie got Ezekiel 1 and 2, and it was like, I thought, gee, love, that sounds bad, man. That sounds difficult. First few months we were in America, I'm like, I don't know if Marie heard God so clearly because that, that scripture sounds a little bit crazy. Friends, October hit last year. When October hit, we went back to that scripture and said, look, God spoke to us. God speaks to us from his word. Get into God's word every single day. The second way to live out the call of God is, and I, I call it show me your glory. Live a life where you constantly make the statement, Jesus, show me your glory. I believe we cannot live out the call of God without the glory of God. I'm growing in the glory of God. I'm growing in, growing in understanding the glory of God. Number one, I want to hear the voice of God. Number two, I want to see the glory of God. I want to live for the glory of God. I want to encounter the glory of God. I want to be enamored with the glory of God. I want to prioritize the glory of God. I want to be hidden away in the cleft of the rock. I want to be hidden away in Christ like Moses hid himself in the rock and the glory of God passed by. I want to hide myself in Jesus and I want the glory of God to do the work. I cannot make a difference in my children's life. I cannot save them. I can't reveal Jesus to them. The Holy Spirit has got to do that. I've got to hide myself in the rock. I've got to find myself in Christ and I want the glory of God to fill my house. I want the glory of God to fill my preaching. I want the glory of God to fill our businesses. The glory of God needs to fill my friendships in Jesus' name. I love this. In Exodus 33, verse 17 to 18, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Moses says, God, give me your presence. I need your presence. And like I said, glory of, the glory of God and the presence of God go together. You cannot separate. Whenever you get God's presence, you get God's glory. And whenever God's glory is there, you must know God's presence is there because God's presence, God comes, God rides in glory. If you ever thought, if you ever thought uh, God's got, a, God's got a, a vehicle, God's vehicle is glory. God's presence is, is connected to his glory. And so Moses says, do not take me up from you unless your presence goes with me. And then he says, God says, I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. I love this. God's pleased with us and he knows us by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. I love this. Show me your glory. God wants you and me to behold him, to experience his presence, to focus on his glory. The third thing that will help us to grow, to live in the call of God, and this, this is connected to the glory, is I believe we need to turn to God. We need to turn from our earthliness to our heavenly father. We need to turn from the lies of the enemy to the truth of our father. We need to turn from the disappointments of the past to hope and faith for the future. We need to turn to Christ. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, this is probably one of the, the most powerful scriptures that I've been meditating on the last few months. It says, but when anyone turns to the Lord, can you say turn to the Lord? Maybe just look at the person next to you, say turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Watch, friends, when you turn to God, watch what happens. It says, 
Um, the veil is taken away. So now we must understand, like in Exodus chapter 33, when Moses came off the mountain, he was so filled with glory that he put a veil in front of his face because the people couldn't handle the glory. Now God is saying, we're in a new covenant. We're, un we're under, under a new uh, release of the Spirit of God. We're in a new season. That old's gone and the new has come. The veil is torn from top to bottom. There's no more veil limiting us from experiencing God. So he's saying the veil is taken away when you and me turn to Christ. He says, when we turn to God, we behold Him. We experience Him. We experience His Spirit. We experience His glory. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's liberty. There's freedom when the Spirit is Lord. So when you turn to God, you experience the Spirit. When the Spirit is Lord, freedom. And so there's freedom. That's, that's why I love that old song, Jesus, all for Jesus. All I am and have and ever hope to be. For it's only in your will that I'm free. It's only in your will that I'm free. There's freedom when I engage with Jesus, when I turn to Jesus. The Spirit of God comes, gives me freedom. It says here, and we all with unveiled faces, unveiled faces, no more veil, no limitation, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit friends I'm here to say to you that God wants you and me to turn to him experience his spirit experience the freedom unveiled faces behold him when you and I behold him guess what happens we behold him and we are transformed by his spirit you and I cannot make ourselves more like Jesus you and I cannot make ourselves more committed you and I cannot make ourselves even living out the call of God cannot be in our own strength we focus on him and then as we turn to him his spirit comes and brings freedom and liberty and then he transforms us and as he transforms us we are transformed into ever increasing glory glory to glory ever increasing glory isn't that amazing because Acts chapter 3 verse 19 says repent then turn to God that your sins might be washed out, wiped out and the times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord I believe that most people focus so much on what they're turning from instead of focusing on what we're turning to Dudley Daniel said what you save what you get saved into is more important than what you get saved out of my prayer for us and for you as a, at the summit, City on Hill, is that you, would, that you would focus on who you're turning to. That you would focus not on, on what you're turning from. Don't focus so much on, I need to stop this, and I need to change that, and I must stop that kind of sin. And I must. Friends, the call of God is not about what you let go of. The call of God is what you're embracing, what you're taking hold of on. And the more we take hold of, the less we want what's not from, from God. Turning to rather than turning from. And the fourth thing, this is the second last one I want to share with you, is when you want to live out the call of God, number one, hear His voice in His presence. Number two, His glory in His presence. Number three, the way to incre have ex increasing glory is to turn to Him daily. Turn to Jesus. Say, turn my eyes upon Jesus. Look full into His wonderful face. The things of the earth grow strange in them in the light of His glory and grace. That's the third thing. The fourth thing, friends, I want to say this. Embrace the yoke of Jesus. Embrace the yoke of Jesus. The Bible actually says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And another way to say it is, blessed are those who know how dependent they are on God, how to depend on the Holy Spirit. We cannot live out the call of God in our own strength. We need to take His yoke upon us because we've been carrying yokes that are not asked to carry. We've been wearing Saul's armor. We've been wearing other armors we're not, and carrying things that God hasn't put on us. 
Because Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30 says, Come to me. Again, there we go. Turn to Jesus. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love this. He's saying, come to me. He says, I'm going to give you, take my yoke upon you. Jesus says there's still going to be weight. There's still going to be responsibility, but it's not your yoke and it's not another person's yoke. It's my yoke. My yoke comes with grace. My yoke comes with the power and the presence of my spirit. I will not ask you to do something, says Jesus, without giving you the power and the, and the, and, and the grace to do it. I will not ask you to raise those children in, my, in the fear of the Lord. I will not ask you to get involved in that school or to get involved in that in, with Future Forward or wherever you're involved or involved in the community or involved in your business without me giving you the grace and the strength to do it. And the last thing, to live out the call of God, is I want to encourage us to accept weakness. To accept weakness. This is, this is a very personal one for me. Because I'm used, to, I'm used to having an answer. I'm used to being strong. I'm used to being front-footed. Remember that thing about the balance? I'm used to being front-footed. And sometimes I can see effect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul is saying, man, I'm so glad I've got weaknesses because now these weaknesses are giving me an opportunity to not rely on me, but to rely on him. Do not focus on my strength, but to focus on his strength. Do not focus on, on my experience, but to look to his experience. Do not focus on my wisdom, but to draw from his wisdom. That's the power of walking in the call of God, is you might walk with a limp, but you're not relying on yourself. See, when I pray for people, often when they're sick or when they're needing a breakthrough, when I'm feeling strong, when I'm feeling all about myself, it's easy to rely on me, to rely even on my ability to, to trust. But when I'm weak and I say, Jesus, I don't have much to offer, but I know you have so much. Like Peter and John said, silver and gold we do not have. We do not have in our resources to help you. We don't have what it takes to help you. But we know a name that's above all names. We know a man that was not only, did not only die for us, a lamb that did not only die for us, but he's resurrected from the dead and now he's the king of glory. We know the king of glory. Our strength is not in ourselves, it's in him. Amen. I'm here to say to you today, will you pause? Will you take a moment? Say, Jesus, I want to put my strength at your feet. I want to put my experience at your feet and I want to rely more heavily on you in Jesus' name. See, because the call of God is ultimately to him. I'm called to him before I'm called to anything or anyone. Those Moravians understood that they were not called to those islands or to those slaves or to those foreign lands that they'll never see their family again. And they'll, I'm, not, I'm here to say to you, friends, I'm not called to the United States or I'm not called to Charlotte, North Carolina primarily. I'm called to Jesus Christ first. Mothers, I'm telling you today, you're not called to your children first. You're called to Jesus first. City on Hill elders and City on Hill deacons and, and people that are serving so faithfully in the music ministry and in the kids ministry, you're not called to them first, you're called to Jesus first. Because Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Not just the Lord is my shepherd. We sometimes forget the fact is the Lord is my shepherd. He's personal. 
I remember this old story. I don't know if I've told it before, but it's an old story about, about, um, about this shepherd boy that was illiterate and he had struggled to, to understand, struggled to hear. He did not have, he had a bit of a hearing uh, disability, but, but these two missionaries found him in the, in the field and, and they said to him, they just taught him these five words, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He says, take your hands, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This boy learned this. And then many years later, those, one of the missionaries went through that village again and they asked, where's the shepherd boy? And they said, we found the shepherd boy. He, sadly, there was a heavy winter the previous year and the shepherd boy died under the snow in the field while looking after the sheep. And they said, we don't understand one thing. We found the shepherd boy and what he did was he was holding his fourth finger like this while he was dead. And the last thing he did in his life was he was holding the last finger. Why? Because he learned that the Lord is, is my, my shepherd. He's not only the shepherd, he's not only everyone else's shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's close to me and I'm called to him first. I'm called to him above everything. I'm called to him. Because when I'm called to him, I sit at his table and I feast at his table. When I'm called to him, he anoints my head with oil. And friends, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that empowers us to do what God's called us to do. It's the anointing. He anoints my head with oil. And listen to this. Then my cup overflows. You want to live in the call of God? You call to him first. Hear his voice in his presence. Experience his glory in his presence. Walk with him. Turn to him. Turn to him. Trust him. Embrace. Embrace his yoke. And accept your weaknesses. The Lord is, is my shepherd. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Do you mind standing with me? I want to pray for us right now. Just as we stand, I want to pray this over you. I want to say this. Is that... There's a deep work that the Spirit of God wants to do in each of us right now. I believe there's a deep work. And if you don't mind just closing your eyes for a few seconds, a deep work that the Holy Spirit wants to do with you right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to come right now into that room. And I believe that He wants to come with His glory. And He wants to come and anoint every single one of our heads with oil. And so I see it in the Spirit, how the anointing of the Spirit of God just rests heavily upon you right now in in that, in that room right now, I see the Holy Spirit anointing you with oil. Lord, anoint my brothers and my sisters and my family with oil. I want to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit, allow Him to speak into your heart right now. Will you hear His voice like Samuel heard His voice? Like Moses, can you have a burning bush experience? Can you be like David and say, Lord, I want to inquire of you right now? Can you whisper this? Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to know your glory. Because today he's calling you to turn your eyes upon Jesus. To turn to him. In the middle of that pain, in the middle of the disappointment, in the middle of the discouragement, in the middle of the loss and the lack, could you turn to the abundant one, the great one? And I feel like some people, God is wanting to take yokes off you in the spirit right now, I see these yokes on people and some of the yokes that you've been carrying is not from God. These yokes, are they burdens, they Saul's armor and God's saying, I'm stripping you off, I'm stripping it off right now and I'm going to give you my yoke 
and you're going to carry my responsibility and my yoke in Jesus' name. And I feel like some of us, you might have experienced some weakness. And today I want you to bring that weakness to God and to invite His strength and His spirit to come and minister in and through that weakness in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for my family. Holy Spirit, as you anoint them, as you fill us with glory, fill this room with glory right now. Lord, as you, as you lift the heads and you turn heads back to you so we can behold you and become like you and experience your glory. I thank you, God. I thank you for a, a release right now, Lord Jesus. A new yoke, your yoke, to be placed upon my brothers and sisters. And I thank you right now, God, that even in our weakness, you are strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the City on a Hill Summit. We hope this message was a blessing for you like it was for us. And remember, to find more content and ways to connect. Please visit our website, www.coah.co.za summit.